You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I got two words for you. Love, craft, country. Uh, if you are not watching this show, you are missing out because I know we're all stuck at home on quarantine, needed something to watch. I have literally watched, I think right now, six episodes are out and I've watched them twice because there's st- there's like so many different little nuggets and so many things you'll miss. Also, shameless plug here, we're doing our recap shows on Lovecraft Country, so check those out. But it's not just about why I'm excited about this episode today is it's not just about the characters and the plot, which we're going through with you guys on the recaps, but it's also the other little elements that come together for a film and television production like cinematography. So I am so excited that our guest today is cinematographer Michael Watson, and he specifically has a focus on episodes five through nine. So we are so I'm so excited to have him here and hopefully we'll get some little sneaky details and sneak peeks as we go through the season. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Thank you very much for taking the time to join me today. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you and all the fans of the show and black girl nerds. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I'm like seriously nerding out right now of the job that you have. Um, and I'll get into specifically why in just a minute, but first let's just start out with why cinematography. Cause I think this will just be interesting for people. Um, and just in case too, for uh, people listening, um, the cinematographer is the very simplest way I know how to put it is the chief over the camera and the lighting crews is like the simplest way I know how to put it. But I know Michael could probably do a better job than me. <laughs> Basically you're about right. You know, as a cinematographer, your key, uh, your main purpose is to, take the story that the writers have written and that the director has come up with concepts in his mind to then take those concepts and make them visual. That's the real job of a director of photography, also known as a cinematographer. And how I kind of gravitated to cinematography was almost by accident. Um, Initially, Mm -hmm. I I wanted to be a fashion photographer and... (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, travel the world shooting, you know, fashion. Yeah. At the time when I decided to pursue a career in fashion photography, I was living in South Florida, Miami, and Miami was at, you know, this was in the late nineties. Miami was kind of like becoming a fashion Mecca, South beach. So I felt like I was in the right place, but I didn't really know how to move into the industry. Um, Mm, So after reading a few articles, I kind of got the feeling that I needed to approach it by learning as much as I could about cameras and the equipment. Um, Long story short, I got a job with a camera rental house. What I didn't know at the time is that it was a motion picture camera rental house. Oh, wow. So I took that as kind of a sign and decided to continue moving in that direction. 
about two years spent in the motion picture rental house. And I left and continued on as a camera assistant and worked my way up from there. Yeah, that's cool. I love hearing those stories because you never know, like, you know, who's listening and who's trying to start out. And um, like you said, fashion photography, it's just amazing the adventures that you find out from the creatives in the film and television world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I want to ask you, too, specifically, um, another reason why I think it's so dope to talk to you. Um, So... The thing for me as a just like a TV movie buff is when it comes to lighting, I always feel like there are particular shows, certain shows like I feel like this show um, has it as well insecure. But there are certain shows where people of color are lit properly. Mm. If you know where I, if you know where I'm going. Absolutely. So. And that, but and it bothers me so badly when I'm watching something. I'm a and I'm a fan of it. And you get to those scenes, or you know, if the cast is not, uh, it's not a, a ton of people of color on the cast, and you're just like, what what's going on? Like they're just not lit properly. You can't really see them. And so I wanted to ask you about being a cinematographer of color first of all, and then you know that kind of that aspect that you're bringing as well, and then working on Lovecraft Country where you guys are using like the technique of natural light and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, being a cinematographer of color, doing a a television show like Lovecraft country uh, at the time that we were doing it, honestly, it, it, you know, I've always been very aware coming up through the uh, coming up the ladder within the camera department in particular, Mm -hmm. that there were definitely um, large holes in representation of women and representation of minorities Mm -hmm. um, altogether. So I was very aware that the cinematographers that came before me um, kind of paved the way and opened the door enough that I could kind of squeak in. Yeah. Um, So, you know, that that within itself, at times, it you know, because there are times where you're on a show and you're the only person of color in the camera department. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there were moments where it was a little bit discouraging because probably until films made from, from my era, my generation by Spike Lee, um, it wasn't until I sat down and started, you know, seeing those kinds of films that opened my eyes also to the fact that, I'm not going to give up doing this because Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see a lot of filmmakers uh, that look like me, but I'm going to try and push harder to enable other young filmmakers coming up to see someone like myself and that it can Mm -hmm. be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Lovecraft for me was, it was a huge, huge opportunity to really shine (laughs) and It, it, it definitely left me whew, a little bit breathless at times. The content, the material is incredible. Mm-hmm. The cast is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get back to your question, as far as, you know, lighting a show like this, you know, for, for myself, I find that lighting people of color is not nearly as difficult as some people seem to make it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My approach is, is, I don't know. I just, I tend to not use massive amounts of light. I tend to um, use softer light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'm just not afraid or, or I feel that with black skin, you have levels 
of, yeah, of color. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and exactly. Depending yeah. On what you are trying to bring out of that character mm-hmm. for myself kind of dictates how I'm going to like that character, you know, and the, the scene itself. Um, some scenes or some moments within a scene, the character might be in a more darker emotional mindset or, or, or mm-hmm. dark place. Um, and sometimes I tend to go with that. I don't, I don't have a fear of, of lighting dark skin dark. Um, I think that, you know, that, like I said, there's levels, you know, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it actually, I get very excited, uh, you know, lighting journey and uh, Wumi, you know, it, it was all, I don't know. I, for me, it's uh, I love finding those levels. So. Yeah, and, that's, yeah, and it's cool to hear you say that because you don't always get to hear hear people say that because they do act like it's difficult when there's just like, you know, I don't pretend to even under, begin to understand what you have to do with you guys do as cinematographers on set. But sometimes you'll see it and it's just like, well, why is it so just, you know, like if it's just spotlighting them that one light, yeah. you know, that you're not playing with, you know, the different things in the background, the difference in the location, um, that you know that I that I'm noticing where there's just scenes in Lovecraft, like the background, like for for that alone, you just your eyes are like glued to the screen. Yeah, like you could yeah. just stare at the landscapes and the way you know the lighting, like you said with um with uh Journey, also Jonathan, like the way you guys play with that so much is is so great on camera. Thank you. Yeah, that was it was an incredible experience. Um, and also I want to ask you too about um the uh some of the visual effects and the things that you guys have to work into and some of the techniques that you guys are mixing up trying to Lovecraft. Um one scene in particular, um, and I'm not sure because you also are in collaboration with um ho- hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. Robert is it McClankin? 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 Okay. Um, with you guys working on um, for instance, episode one the aerial shot where you have of the monsters and the flares and everything. Mm -hmm. What were some of the, can you give us any kind of little, um, uh, I guess tidbits. I know it might be a little bit difficult. I don't know how difficult it is to explain, but how you guys were able to capture that where it was just like breathtaking the light that was bouncing off and then having all the cast in the scene. The black girl nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Listen up, Black Girl Nerds listeners. Being nerdy and geeky and keeping your mind sharp, I'm sure, is very important to you. So check out Word Collect, because it is all the rage right now. It's a word puzzle app, and it's free. Word Collect has over 2,000 levels, so you never get bored playing. It starts easy, but gets harder as you get better. Word Collect is fun and addicting way to keep your mind sharp, and grow your vocabulary. You can challenge yourself with this fun and addicting brain game. And right now, Word Collect is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. I tried Word Collect myself. It is fun, it's addicting, and I love the fact that I can develop and build my vocabulary. That is my goal for 2021, is to totally expand my vocabulary. And with Word Collect, it's happening. Why don't you do this? Go to the Apple or Google store and search for Word Collect. If you're like me and you want to get fit in the new year with your mind and your body, download Word Collect for free today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to the visual effects, there are lots of meetings, in particular on a show like this, where the visual effects are an incredibly large part of the story. So, 
early on from the very beginning of, of, of the season, Rob and I discussed how we would approach the lighting and we collaborated very closely with the visual effects team to basically either accent whatever visual effect was going to take place or to kind of reduce the amount of information that you showed the audience within the visual effect itself to allow them to, to tap into their imagination of, of what they felt was happening in that moment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, within those meetings with the visual effects team, Rob and myself, um, there's, there's lots of pre-visualization and uh, conceptualization of the actual effects that will take place. Um, and then, you know, at that point, we're all kind of uh, in the same place um, on the content. And, uh, and that just really helps to sell the effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is like I said, it's a beautiful it almost like that whole episode actually the way you guys play with the effects and the lighting like made me feel like I was watching Jurassic Park, but it was just like an all black cast, like an all color because it was just amazing. It was amazing the way it just visually popped. So if you guys have not seen at least the first episode to start watching Lovecraft Country, you're gonna be amazed. Like check it out. Um, also I want to ask you, okay, so you're, you're, um, mainly on episodes five through nine, right? Correct. Um, so I want to kind of ask, I'm not going to give too much away. I'm going to kind of frame it where I don't spoil too much for people. Um, but I want to kind of dive into some of these scenes and if you can kind of tell us, you know, a little bit of your vision and kind of what you wanted to, to capture with, uh, some of the cast in the scenes or some of the characters. Certainly. Um, so, so in episode five, we have, um, a very, um, um, with Wound Me and um, Ruby, if you guys are watching the show, the character Ruby, she has this amazing transformation that it's one of those things where it's like you feel like you should look away, but you can't <laughs> because it's so like visually just appealing the way it brings you in. Was there, I guess, maybe makeup wise, effects wise, like I said, I'm trying not to say too much about it. What was um, what was that collaboration like working with? I don't know. Maybe you had to do hair and makeup, a collaboration working on that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, just some of the, the scenes that Ruby was in. Absolutely. So what you, the, the, in particular, the scenes that you're referring to, there was a, a collaboration between several departments, starting with the visual effects. Mm -hmm. Next would, would have been the special effects. And I'll explain that in just a moment. Okay. And absolutely hair and makeup. But the two, the three departments that I think worked the closest together would have been the visual effects and the special effects in the camera department. So the elements that would have been the special effects, we would have actually used prosthetic skin and dressed that prosthetic skin in certain areas on Ruby's body and then applied different levels of makeup. And then we would have filmed her in, in the moment acting the scene out. Now, at that point, this, that, that footage then gets handed off to the visual effects department, mm -hmm. and they will then enhance or clean up the prosthetic skin and real makeup to kind of take the whole thing to the next level and tie it all together. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. how, and how long, how long does that process take, like from you guys just filming it? Well, that... that <laughs> that it's kind of hard to quantify because okay, you, well, you know, different parts of the process are mm -hmm. 
are being developed over a period of months, like in particular the visual. Oh, wow. Effects. The yeah. visual effects for this show uh-huh. uh, were probably developed over a period of, you know, five, six, seven months. Um, and, and a lot of that happened before we even started shooting the show. Um, so yeah, it, it can, it can be very involved, uh, at times. And then, um, also speaking of very involved episode six as well has just like some stunning, um, and just think about the, uh, some of the Asian culture that's well, that's also put in this episode as well. It looked like it was just a blast for you guys to probably play with and, and capture on camera. Um, but specifically, um, talking about, um, I think it's, um, G was her character name. Gia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so particularly talking about this particular character, there is something, um, there's an answer that she wants about Atticus. I'll just say mm. that I don't, so I don't give it away, but so towards, um, the end of this episode, you get this beautiful, like, snow. I don't even know. It was just so stunning. I don't even know. Like, so it's so like a winter a winter scene, but that doesn't feel like it captures how beautiful it was. Um, and you have like a wolf in the scene as well. That was just like the way it pops off the camera. And so I'm just curious if you can kind of give us the same way, like kind of break that scene down for us as much as you can. Um, and, and what was that like to get all that on camera? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm assuming that a, a lot of your audience may have already seen the episode. So I don't think there are any spoilers here. But okay, okay. Yeah, scene, I always I always be careful of you guys how much you put work you put into it, how much you want to give us. But yeah, I'm totally fine. Exactly. Yeah, if you guys want to exactly. give us yeah, I never want to be like, okay, let me just tell you everything right now. Don't go watch HBO Max. <laughs> and I'm always afraid, like, if you kind of divulge, you know, like how the, the whole concept of a, a, yeah. a never tells you how he does a trick. Yeah. It kind of ruins the trick for everybody. But you know, your show wants to know more about this. So yeah, I'll I'll kind of d- dive into some of it. So that scene in particular, uh is shot in many different elements. For example, the snowy village, only the ground that the characters are actually walking on um, and touch is real. (laughs) And very, you know, like very small portions of the village itself are real. Mm -hmm. Everything else in the background, um, the mountains, the, the sky, everything else, that's all built as a visual effect in, 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 a, in a digital world and then composited mm. into the scene. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 uh, once again, a lot of time and effort go into filming a scene like that. And a lot of that happens um, before the scene is even filmed and after the scene has been filmed to kind of, once again, tie it all in together. The actual action of the characters moving through that world and then layering in the visual effects of that world and bringing it all into one to make it look like a real moment. Mm. And is there ever, um, speaking of the different scenes and um, working with the cast, is there was there ever a moment where it was very challenging for you to kind of get across visually like how this was coming out of your mind to actually translate that on screen like what are some of those challenges as a cinematographer like whether it's okay i need the cast to be placed here but maybe this doesn't work for you know a certain camera angle or something like that sure absolutely absolutely um when at the at the moment that we are about to shoot a scene Mm -hmm. there is a significant amount of rehearsal that goes on for the director with the cast okay um 
And then there would be another rehearsal with the cast, the director and myself. Mm-hmm. And then there's probably a final rehearsal once everything has kind of been agreed upon and everything usually refers to the movement of the cast members within that scene through the set. And once we have that agreement in place and that's called blocking, I then basically light specific areas of the set that those cast members will move through. Um, and then it, you know, and then it kind of, you know, you get a, a rehearsal of that and then you actually start shooting. And then at times it kind of breaks. So we take a, a moment and tweak it and fix it um, until we get basically a finished scene. Wow, that is just it's so amazing to me. You know, I, I feel like you when you when you all when you guys all get said and done, they need to have like a cinematographer. They might have one, a couple documentaries just following you guys. Because I just find it fascinating the details that people would never know that go into what they see on camera. That like I said, yeah. the show is very much there are moments where, and not in a bad way, but there are moments where you want to look away, but you can't. Because it's just that like pulling you in. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you to um, kind of uh, kind of bringing us to a close here. Do you have a favorite um, a favorite scene that you want to kind of share with us? Like something that for you was just mind blowing where you like, I cannot believe I'm getting this opportunity right now to put this out for everybody to see. Well, my, you know that. <laughs> or is it too further along that you can't tell us anything? I guess I should have said the episodes that are out. Like one it, through, it, one through six. Unfortunately, it actually airs this Sunday in. Oh in, wow! Cool. In okay. Seven, um, and it is a pretty incredible scene. Um, actually, there's two of them. There's both in, in episode 107 and in in, in episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, they're they're a little bit too far along, and I don't want to accidentally give away anything but i, I yeah, think yeah. once the audience sees those episodes they're going to know very well what we were talking about because oh yeah it seems they are so <laughs> eye-popping and uh intense uh mm-hmm. I, I think that y- your audience will be very excited Oh yeah, well that's gonna be cool. I cannot wait. Um, the kind of rappers, you know, we're all in dealing with us dealing with the pandemic. Are you still? Are you? Have you had to do the set life yet? Or are you still just kind of taking it easy till you guys get like instructions or where you're going through next? No, no, I'm I'm back at it. I uh, okay. I, I got it. I'm back on a show. Um, I'm actually finishing up uh, the final season of Claws, uh, the show that's on TNT. Oh, you work. Oh my gosh, you work on Claws. That's what I should have started with. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I'm, show I, is amazing. That's another show, you guys. You can't look away. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I've I've been shooting that show now for about three seasons. So, but this is our last season. So I'm I'm here. I know. And, I'm so sad about that. I'm here and and I'm back on set life, and it's uh, it's different. It's it's very different. And I will say that anyone who has you know to return to work under this the current circumstances that we're mm-hmm. all living in. Mm-hmm. They are literally in in and under duress every moment that they aren't in a place like home that they can feel safe, you know? Yeah, and, I bet. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, I think with that, with that in mind, what I've had to understand is that we're all under a certain level of stress because of that duress. And sometimes temperaments, you know, uh, change under those circumstances. So um, I've had to remember that 
we all kind of need a little more understanding of one another right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've seen a lot of, I've been seeing like a lot of interviews from different shows where it's like now the, and I don't know how, how long you guys had before, you know, to shoot certain things, but I'm hearing that it's the timing is quicker because you can't like, you have to get through things quicker. You know, you're worrying about spacing. Can this person be this close to this person? You know, all that kind of stuff on set. Yeah. All of the above. Um, not only are we absolutely, you know, and I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we weren't moving quickly pre COVID. Right. The, the difference now is that there's just not a lot of discussion. You know, it's like, mm, yeah. come in with, and once again, not that we didn't come in with a plan, but this time when you come in with the day's work, there's a very clear understanding of where we're trying to get to. And there's not a lot of discussion on the way. <laughs> it's yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be, it's very interesting yeah, to see how these projects are coming out and, yeah. you know, thank you guys, the crew, you know, the cast for all you guys and putting that work in because you keeping us entertained while we're dealing with our own things during uh, COVID-19. So it's, a, it's a, you know, keeps that silver lining going through this tough time that everybody's dealing with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, I think you said it best. Um, and I appreciate your time so much, Michael. And you have to come back when Claus is done. Like I got to hear about this because there is some there are some scenes. Claus is let, let me guys check out Claus. Let me. I can't even get it out because I'm so thrilled right now that you work on this show. It's amazing. Thank you very much, and I would love to come back. Thank you for having me, nerd, nerd, black girl nerds. Has yeah, been- hey, yeah. See, see, we're all nerding out here. I love it. I love it. And also, you know, I'm getting too hung up on Claus. Let me not forget Lovecraft Country. You guys now out six episodes. They keep coming, you guys. HBO Max, you want to check it out. And everybody stay safe and wear your mask. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.